Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your go-to resource for all things pipeline and revenue production in the tech sales world. Technology marketing, sales development, sales, and revenue operations have combined to create the go-to market engine fueling the success of SaaS startups and established companies alike. Each week, the Sales Development Podcast dives deeply into the strategies, tactics, people, processes, and technology that fuels the revenue machine. The Sales Development Podcast is brought to you by Tenbound. Get more free resources, insights, and intelligence today at tenbound.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very honored to have the next guest on the show, Mr. Evan Powell from Reprieve, the CEO and uh, founder of Reprise. How are you doing today, Evan? I'm good, but just before we get too far, I'm not the CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm co-founder, head of operations. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that you're calling the shots there, so that's the main thing. Depends on the day. Well, thank you. What an auspicious way to start the show. How am I doing? (laughs) It is great to be here, David. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in because I'm familiar with Reprise. And it's solving a you know very, very difficult problem out there. And we're hearing great results from it. But I want to know, how did you come up with this? How did you get into this? And what was your background in starting this? Yeah, absolutely. So for folks who may not know, we're, pretty, we're a demo creation platform. So we allow sales and marketing teams to really quickly create the perfect demo that they can put on their website, use in emails, use live on calls, send to prospects and as follow-ups, wherever you need your product, that's you know where we can help. And the idea for it really came, so my background was in sales. And we started Reprise actually while I was in business school. I saw a co-founder, Sam, at a company that I'd worked at before school. I was teaching a class and I thought, you know what? I'll take the class where I know the professor. At the very least, I'll probably get an A. I didn't get an A and I don't let him forget it. But I was taking this class on founding companies, which now is especially relevant. But at the time, I was looking at getting into venture capital. And Sam, in addition to teaching this class, was also a partner at a venture fund. And and so I would go to Sam and say, hey, I'm interviewing at these funds. I'm looking at these opportunities. What do you think? And he said, you know, Evan, those are all fine, but really you should go start a company. And I'm like, Sam, that's super flattering. Like, I really appreciate you, you know, thinking that I could do that, but I don't have an idea and I can't code. And I don't want to be one of those people that comes out of business school and founds a company just to say that I did it. And so appreciate it, but I'm going to go about my business. And later that day, I got a message from Brian, my co-founder here at Reprise, who had also worked with Sam and I previously saying, hey, I was talking to Sam. I actually have an idea and I can code. Do you want to talk? And so Brian and I got on the phone and he had this idea for Reprise. He said, look, you know, I've led tech teams and engineers hate making demos. They want to be building features. And we spend all this time and money building a demo and our sales team doesn't even like it when we're done. And so it's just the most thankless job from a technical standpoint. And I'm sitting here saying, well, in sales, I've given a lot of demos, given a lot of bad demos, and I've had the 404 on the call when you've got the CEO there, and then the engineering team's like, oh, sorry, we're down, right? Or the thing where I'm saying, well, no, just imagine, you know, these bars would be bigger for you, and this data would make sense, like, trust me. And so, you know, I'm thinking from a sales perspective, this makes a ton of sense. But I still wasn't totally sure on actually like jumping in and starting a company. I kind of told my wife I was going to make a salary after grad school. You know, I said, you know, why don't we do this? I'll go and talk to everybody I know in sales and marketing. I'll go do market research. And if this still seems like a good idea after, you know, maybe a few months of this, then then yeah, we can talk about it. Three weeks later, I was back on the phone with Brian saying, I'm 100% in, let's go do this. 
And the reason was, you know, the meetings that I had, I was in sales and sold to salespeople previously. So I had a lot of folks I could meet with in, in the space. And, you know, you kind of expect going into a meeting like that, that your friends would be nice about your startup idea. You, know, you get the like, oh, that's so cool. Like, good luck. And there would be a lot of that stuff. But every single meeting I walked into was people saying, how do I get my hands on this? I needed this last week. I can't tell you the number of times I've lost deals because of this. I really wish I'd had this when I was trying to sell to XYZ company because we couldn't do it. And I had never sold anything with that kind of market pull before, where it was just meeting after meeting of people saying, let's go do this. So sat down with my wife and said, I think this is a good opportunity we should take. And then went back to Brian and said, we're all in. And so then Brian and I went back to Sam, the professor and VC saying, hey, Sam, you told us we should go start this company. Can we have some money? Time for Sam to put up or? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He thought it was a good idea. And Sam actually ended up doing more than that. He said, look, you know, accomplice the firm with totally back this company, but I want to come do it with you too. And so Sam actually left HBS and joined us as a co-founder. And so Sam and Brian maintain kind of a co-CEO role where they've worked on a really great balance and I'm doing whatever needs to be done on whatever day we need to do it. And it's all kind of taken off pretty quickly since then. I mean, you know, shortly, well, first of all, I should mention, we all said we were going to do this and we all like quit our jobs or I withdrew from all the interviews I was in the first week of March, 2020. So the second week of March, 2020. Oh my God. (laughs) The entire world shut down. And so that was definitely a first like, okay, we're still in, right? Like we just sort of took the plunge and now the whole world's different. But then pretty quickly, you know, we got up and running. Our first customer, Pendo, got us up and running on their website really quickly, which was interesting because at the time we were only thinking about live demos. And then Pendo was like, well, could I put this on my site? And we said, yeah, I don't see why not. And suddenly they were doing thousands of demos a week on their site with Reprise. And those demos were closing at a higher rate and closing faster to the point that sales reps were then interested in sending them out. So that got us up and running pretty quickly because we had people coming in saying, I saw this on Pendo's website, I want one. Or I saw this on Pendo's website, can I use it in my live calls? And yeah, and so from there, we raised a Series A later that year. Uh, We raised our Series B late last year, have over 150 customers at this point, and are really excited about the space. That's amazing. And so tell me about what was it like before you had Reprise for doing these demos? So you had to go and have something custom built, you know, with your dev team, or how did it work then? I mean, there are... All kinds. And we hear stories every day. We have like a channel in our Slack where we're talking about like, here's the crazy story I heard today for how someone does their demos. Because the things that you hear are insane. Like at a minimum, you've got to make a fake environment somehow, right? And you know, software is not designed to be connected to fake data. So there are some solutions where maybe you could spin up something. But think if you are designed to connect to bank accounts or have large amounts of data about people applying for jobs or things like, how do you do that, right? So you make something fake and then maybe you enter in fake data. And that's if you're lucky. If you're something that's harder, like we have Silicon Valley Bank is one of our customers. They can't make a fake bank account. That's not an easy thing to do. And they have compliance reasons that they can't actually have fake bank accounts at the bank, right? And so, you know, they're looking for ways to do this. So yeah, if you're lucky, you can make something, you may need to use devs, or I mean, in worst cases, we see people who demo production data, either their own data or customer data. And that is a huge liability. We know of a call recording company that inadvertently demoed themselves giving a discount to another prospect. Well, guess what discount they had to give, right? It was going to be that one. I have spoken to 
And one of our prospects right now is an education company that in order to do their demos, they in their office have a computer lab because they're software for school computers. They have a computer lab of 24 computers that run their software. And if it breaks, they can't do demos until it gets fixed. And if it breaks, the person that's responsible for the demos actually doesn't sit in the office where the computers are. So she's got to call somebody and ask them to go in there and do it. I've talked to security companies who set up like a fake server and shoot viruses at it, which like, geez, if that ever got out of the lab, or we have a cloud services company as a customer, and they have to spin up a cloud instance every time they do a demo, it costs a couple hundred bucks every time they do it. And they have a couple hundred sales reps that do five demos a week. Oh, wow. Okay. It really runs the gamut, but it's one of the more challenging things that most companies have to deal with. Okay. And so, and so say like that education story, for example, what would they have to do to go from that very archaic system to having it show on reprise? Yeah. I mean, it is as easy as install a Chrome extension and give a demo with the Chrome extension on. We capture all of the front end of the software, and then you can go in and make changes. You can say, every time I see Evan's name, I want it to say David. And it will do that not just for what exists. It'll do that if you're like your messaging and I send a new message, it'll show up as David. You can change the graphs. You can change the images, whatever you need. We have customers that want to give like branded demos. So they show like their prospects colors in the system when they do that you can add guides. It's almost like Photoshop, but frankly, it's easier than Photoshop for making a demo. I hope so. It's more like Canva. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Being an SDR, sales rep and manager is tough. And it's getting tougher. Creating an outbound sales pipeline is hard and getting harder every day as well. You're not given any training, coaching, or support. You're pretty much on your own to figure it out. Should you cold call, send emails, or post on social media? Your prospects are buried in messages, and now it seems harder to stand out and get a response. You try to educate yourself on how to do it, but the online landscape is a confusing swirl of contradictory messages, empty motivational speeches, and outdated sales advice. Time is running out, and you're spinning your wheels. Now what? You now have a resource to really help. You now have 10Bound Plus. 10Bound Plus is your guide to building your outbound sales skills in your own time and in your own way. You join a community of like-minded people who are striving to achieve success in your same position. You get access to online, self-paced learning courses, discounts to 10Bound events, and much more. Join today at 10boundplus.com. That's 10boundplus.com. And I'm curious about going back to the market research phase. So you were in sales, you felt this issue, and then you're like, okay, before I quit my job or before I stop you know, looking for jobs. I want to go talk to people. So how did you get people to spend time with you and look at this and gather that information? Yeah. So, I mean, I had a few things, right, that were going for me. One was at the time I was a grad student. And if you have a .edu email, it is very easy to get people to respond to you, certainly relative to be, you know, my prior role in sales. It was a lot higher response rate when you're asking for this. It also helped, right? And I think you'll see this. You know, I spent some time in VC interning while I was looking at you know, doing reprise. And the best founders that I saw when I was there were founders who had experienced the problem because they end up with a network of people they can go and talk to, right? So I had all the reps that I had managed when I was a sales leader. I had, you know, former colleagues that had moved on to other places. I had prospects that I had sold to previously and gotten along with where I was selling to their heads of sales. It was relatively easy to get those things set up because I had a bit of a network there. And it's the sort of thing like if you know if folks are looking to found, like having that initial experience is to be able to ask those questions was really, really helpful. 
you got positive feedback. And what if you went out and you showed them and they're just like, meh, I don't know. Hypothetically, what would have been your next move? Could you be a VC now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, if, yeah, I honestly may not have done it. I think, you know, product market fit is so critical. And at the earliest, earliest ideation stage, you're not really looking for product market fit because you don't have a product, but you're at the minimum looking for idea market fit. Like this idea that like, if I could solve this problem, would you pay for it? Yeah. If I hadn't gotten a yes to that, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. It was the most important thing for me. And I think that came from being in sales. Like you sort of know, like anyone who's been in sales, you know, when you've like got someone, like when they're really leaning in. And when I saw that, it was like, okay, this is the thing. So what do you do now? So the people out there using it, they're getting a lot of value. They're really able to leverage the product. Like what's your next step in making them a champion or <laughs> getting them to go talk to their friends? Like, how do you grow it from here? So one, I mean, you know, we sell into a number of different use cases. You know, we talk about it as we want to change the way that people sell software to align with the way that people want to buy software, which is like, I want to go on your website and see your product. And then when I talk to a salesperson, I want to have a demo that looks like my demo would be. And then I want to take the software experience and show it to my buying committee without having to bring folks into the sale with me. And that's sort of how we think about what a buyer wants now. And you see it, there's tons of research about it. And the reason I bring that up is what do we do now? Well, one, each of our interactions at those stages gives us an opportunity to sort of be referred, right? Like when we have a product tour up on someone's website, we get tons of people coming to us saying, I saw you on this website and it was really cool. It actually helped me buy this product. So when I was talking to the sales rep, I said like, hey, how'd you get that thing on your site? And people come in that way. We also then when we're giving those custom demos, someone will say, oh, that was really cool. You had my logo in that. Like, how'd you do that? Oh, we use this software for our demos. It's called Reprise. Mm -hmm. Or when we send it out afterwards, as, or when a sales rep sends it out afterwards saying like, oh, show this to your boss buying committee, what have you. So that's one of the ways. And then we're using that and how it's used to constantly iterate to make sure that we're hitting different pieces of that funnel. So, you know, we came out with a second form of the technology application capture last year, and we're working on some pretty exciting stuff for this year to make sure that we really are allowing go-to-market teams to be putting their product and showing off their product the way they want to at every stage of the funnel. Got it. Okay. And you raise a good point in that the buyer journey has really changed, you know, just in the last five to 10 years. You know, it seems like there's almost this concept of like a dark funnel where you're doing a lot of stuff without anybody tracking you. And then finally, you make it to the website and you just want to, I guess there's stats that say they've done like 80% of their research before they even talk to a salesperson. And that's where this sort of comes in, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd say it comes in throughout, right? Because we're also enabling the live demo. But to your point, I think the stat is like 90 plus percent. I don't have all the things in front of me, but like 90 plus percent of the sales process occurs without the rep. So to your point, over 80% of the research is done. And then even after you're talking to a sales rep, there's a ton of the process that's happening without the salesperson. The other one that always gets me is like 77% of B2B software buyers said their last purchase was too difficult. Like, whoa, as a former sales, that's like an indictment of our industry. And so we're looking at this from the perspective of how can we fix that? How can we enable companies to fix that? Because the ones that do, right? If you think about it, 80% of the research happens before talking to a sales rep. Well, then what are you putting out there to enable that 80%? And if you're putting a demo out there and your competitor isn't, you've got a leg up because you've already done that first part of the sales process as part of that 80% and they haven't. And so that's something that we're really seeing people lean into. 
And like the Pendo example, did they have like a general demo on the website? Because it sounds like this could be customized for particular companies, but then you could also just have a general one. Is that right? Yeah. So it varies depending on the approach. So Pendo started with three. And if you go on their site now, I believe they have a demo center with eight that are focused on like specific use cases. And that's something that we typically recommend, right? You could have a general one, but it tends to be long. And if you're thinking about, right, you're trying to capture attention span while someone is doing their research. So we recommend typically having vignettes that show like a cool thing, a point at which someone gets value. You know, I'll typically, if it's a marketing team that works with us, the first thing I'll say is like, get your best sales rep in the room and ask them like, what are the points at the demo where they know if the prospect nods their head, they've got them. Those are the things you want on your website. And then you're putting them up there as, you know, for Pendo, it's like, oh, I want to learn how to analyze whether or not this feature is successful. And they have a specific demo showing how Pendo does that. Or, you know, I want to be able to put in in-app messaging. They've got a demo for that or those kinds of things. Sometimes folks want to do something more general, but I think when people really lean in, they're, they're doing those specified vignettes so that someone's getting exactly what they want. Oh my gosh. Well, it just makes me think like Gary Vaynerchuk said a long time ago, like attention, attention is the currency of the day. And it's like, you spend all this money on your brand and getting leads and getting people to the website. And it's like, you have their attention for a few seconds. And then what do they see? And a lot of times it's fill in a form and set up a call for three days from now type of thing. Right. And not only that, that call three days from now is going to be a super generic call. And not just from the seller, by the way, from the buyer as well, who's going to get on that call and be like, so what do you do? Yeah. I don't know what I need. What we see with folks who are using us is that person has been on the site. The sales rep, before that person even asked to talk to them, can see what demo did they take? How long did they spend in what screens? And then come to them. And that call is not, what do you do? It's, I saw you do these things on your site. Can you show me how I would solve X problem? And the sales rep's going to have a demo that's already ready to go for that problem because they've seen what the person did coming in. Mm, And it just accelerates everything so much faster. Well, it's interesting. I'm like geeking out on this now because like after this, I'll go to somebody's website and see if there's a demo on there, you know, like right at the beginning. And if they don't, then I'll send them to you and say, you should call them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've actually started on our website. We have like a customer demo library. I call it the demo hall of fame, but it's basically examples of what our customers have built with reprise and are on their sites. So you can kind of see what's possible. And are there a lot of, I need, you don't have to answer this, but are there a lot of competitors like out there trying to do this? Because it just seems like you've created this category almost. Yeah. I mean, we were the first in the space and yeah, there are, are a lot of people following. Yeah. But they stink, right? Yeah. You know, there are a lot of good companies out there, but what I would say is like, because we were the first in the space, we've developed a more wide variety of tech that can solve any demo need. Whereas typically our competitors focus on one of the pieces of the things that we do. Yeah. And have you found like in this environment that we're in, in the tech industry, like, has it slowed down? I mean, you don't have to reveal anything. No, no, no. no, But (laughs) everything's sunshine and rainbows over there. But have you noticed that it's getting harder to sell this or is it like, this is a no brainer? I think anyone in tech selling to tech companies has noticed that the environment's changed. Yeah. And so, yes, of course, we're seeing what everyone else is seeing. Suddenly the CFO is involved in every single purchase or, you know, we sell to the enterprise that already, you know, takes a lot of time. That time is taking longer because they're adding in more hurdles and more, you know, our bidding steps and all those kinds of things. And so, yeah, we're seeing what everyone else is seeing. What we're finding on the other side of it, though, is we're seeing people come to us looking for ways to accelerate that process. 
how can I convey my value? The CFO is never going to meet with me, but now my champion has to meet with the CFO to explain why they should buy my thing. Mm. If they can actually show the value that they're going to be getting from that. Oh, here's what I would do. Here's how I would derive value from this software CFO. And that's why I need it. Yeah, We're seeing that help break through it for a lot of our customers. But yeah, I mean, it's a tough environment right now in tech. 100%. I mean, CFOs are paid to be mean, you know, no offense. <laughs> I want a mean CFO who's just going to say no to everything. And then you have to prove it. You know, they've taken over our whole space right now. So we got to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is so interesting. And so what do I have to do? Can I see a demo of Reprise if I go to Reprise? Yes, you can. We're in the middle of updating it. So we're making changes to our site, but I believe there is currently a demo. If there isn't, there will be one in a matter of days. So whenever, probably by the time this is published, there will be one on our site. I want to check it out. And you guys, I mean, there was a great video. It was a couple months ago, but it was like an explainer that was just, it was kind of funny and lighthearted. I loved it. It's different now. The new one is good, really good, but I like that other one too. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been doing a lot of fun things in marketing. We're in the process of giving the site a bit of a lift. I meant we have some exciting product stuff coming up. So we're getting prepared for that. I can't talk about it just yet, but it is on its way. Okay. And we want to follow that. So can we go get on the newsletter? How do we follow it? You can find us at reprise.com where reprise on LinkedIn is where we do a lot of our announcements. Like we're on Twitter. We're basically everywhere you can find social media where reprise or get reprise where reprise was already taken. And yeah, we're constantly giving updates. We host of roundtables for you know sales engineers, product marketers, salespeople occasionally as well. And we're always interested in folks jumping on there and telling us about their experience. Well, first of all, congratulations of all the success and pushing the practice forward because it's definitely a completely new thing that I think is going to become the standard for demo. So thanks for sharing and telling us about it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, David. It was a lot of fun. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum, 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.